right, good evening everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service at High Desert Word Center. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord together tonight, amen. Praise the Lord. We're only like 12 days away from Christmas. And so I felt it would be appropriate if the worship team opened up tonight by singing the 12 days of Christmas. Can we go ahead guys and take it away? No, it's a joke, we're not doing that. That's, there's nothing, you know, worshipful about that. But you can imagine what it'd be like though, that'd be pretty sweet. So anyway, it is an awesome time. Uh, lots of great stuff coming up this week. But let's go ahead and open things up tonight by speaking some words of faith over the United States. Let's stand up together this evening. Praise the Lord. We're going to stand up tonight and we're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We put back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Okay, let's get into some announcements here. Again, we have got a lot going on. We've already done a lot this month, and now we're heading into uh, a few more busy days here, but it's all wonderful, and uh, and so let's celebrate Jesus. Let's go ahead. The first thing is a reminder that the brand new HDWC t-shirts are officially in. They're back there at the bookstore if you want one. They're $15, and it would also be a great Christmas present for that special someone that loves Jesus and loves their church. Can I get an amen? All right, let's go. And then, uh, let's see. Here we go. This Friday night, Laura Cook and her uh, band are going to be here in concert. Super excited about this. They're flying in from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they're going to do the concert with us at 7 p.m. It is a free event. We will do a love offering for them to help support them, but there's no ticket cost or anything like that. So be here 7 p.m. Friday night. It'll be about an hour long, but just bring some friends bring somebody and you know we've been doing a lot of work around here this is a time for you to come and just worship and and listen to some awesome christmas music and and just receive amen i believe it'll be a great night for us so 7 p.m friday night bring somebody and then this sunday is the christmas service everybody <clears throat> And so this is, I mean, next to Easter, this is our biggest service of the whole year. Uh, and so we have, or we did have, some invitations printed back there on the info booth. I didn't see a whole lot left. So, um, but it, grab one, invite somebody. You could take a picture, put it on your social media or whatever. Uh, but bring somebody Sunday. And, and it's going to be crowded. We know that. But it's okay because we want to get the gospel out. You realize that, that this is a very crucial time period we live in and if we can get somebody to come in uh, for a you know free Christmas dinner or whatever we'll take it get them in here we will preach the gospel hot and heavy on Sunday morning and give them the best chance they've ever had in their life to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior I think we could say amen to that 
All right, let's go. And so there will be, uh, the kids are doing their big Christmas performance, all right? And so all the kids uh, that want to are going to be singing. And then some of the kids specifically have solos and some lines for the Christmas play. There is Christmas dinner, just like we did Thanksgiving a few weeks ago. And then there will be a gift for every child and teenager here. So newborn babies up to seniors in high school, we've got a gift for them. And we want you to bring them on Sunday. Amen. And then let's see what else we've got. We do need some men. We need a few good men. Do I have a few good men? Just raise your hand, even if you're not. Okay, we know you. There you go. So uh, after service tonight, Brother Robert and the ushers need a little help bringing some of the tables and chairs over from next door. Everything, because we are expecting a very large crowd Sunday. So if we could get some of the guys, uh, you'll probably load them in the pickup trucks and just drive them right over here. So let's uh, let's do that uh, right after service if you are available, man. Thank you. And then uh, tonight is actually our last night uh, to bring in toys for the Toy Drive for Greater Hope Foundation. We're going to be delivering those tomorrow. And so if perchance you were like, oh, I really wanted to do one. Well, you could potentially bring one in the morning to the office, but we're going to be delivering those over there um, tomorrow morning to the, to, the, to the Greater Hope Foundation. And I love what we see back there. We've had bikes. We've had all sorts of cool stuff given. So thank you everybody for supporting that. And then uh, one of our favorite nights of the whole year is the Christmas Eve candlelight service. And that is going to be, uh, of course, on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. That's a Sunday. So the 24th at 6 p.m. Be here that night. It's a very short service, maybe a half an hour long, but we'll gather together and sing some Christmas songs, light our candles and just worship Jesus. And, you know, it is so important that we remember that all of this, the whole season is about Jesus. You don't, you know, it's not somebody's birthday and you just don't invite them to the party, man. Let's, let's remember that this is all about Jesus. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing it a uh, Sunday, Christmas Eve, morning and night, and we're going to be celebrating Jesus and just telling him happy birthday. Aren't we thankful that Jesus was born into this world? Where would we be? Amen. We love Jesus. All right. Well, that's all the announcements for right now. So we'll go ahead and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. All right. And the bookstore. Why don't I write that down? Okay. So the bookstore has 20% off of everything for the month of December. Okay. 20% off. That is an awesome deal. And of course, there's a lot of really useful uh, gifts you can get. I mean, Bibles, books, everything back there. Uh, that would be a life-changing gift for somebody. Amen. So thank you for that. All right. Pastor is going to come on up tonight and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get one right there to you. Amen. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Hallelujah. That's a lot of good preaching there already. Man, you're hitting everything. I like that one part about Jesus' birthday. Amen. If there's ever a birthday party, I love to celebrate this Jesus party. Amen. Hold up your hands if you need an envelope, and the ushers will be glad to serve you. I'm going to look at two passages that are really going to help you if you need help. How many ever need help? Amen. I'll tell you what, you can call, call whoever you want to for help, but the best one to call is Jesus. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Hebrews 7, verse 8. <clears throat> then I'm going to look at Malachi chapter 3. But this is going to help take care of your, 
your uh, Christmas money. If you need Christmas money, need Christmas things, or anything else you need, this will help take care of those things if you, in faith, obey what he says to do. Hebrews 7, verse 8. I'll give you a chance to get there so you can see it. And uh, the book of Hebrews uh, tells us a whole lot of the functions of what Jesus is doing today in his high priestly office from heaven. How, how many really know that Jesus didn't just go to heaven and said, it's done, but in heaven he's doing things every day, every day, every day. And Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8 tells you part of what he's doing. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them. There he receiveth them, of whom it was witness that he liveth. Jesus, in the Old Testament, calls him the Lord of the tithe. And then in the Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, <clears throat> it tells that he receives the tithe. And you know, Christians aren't taught this. You need to know this, that when you bring a tithe to the storehouse, which we're going to look at Malachi 3 just a second, might as well turn there, that uh, you're not just bringing money to an offering. Just look at it this way. <clears throat> this is your local branch of the heavenly bank. This is your home branch. And then when you bring it, you're making a deposit in your heavenly account. And Jesus is the one that receives it. And he stamps it. Amen. Tithes. Tithes come in. And then uh, you go to use your debit card, which is your mouth. And your PIN number is in the name of Jesus. And so if you are a person that Malachi chapter 3 calls a God robber, you go, you go to try to make a withdrawal. It's like using your debit card at the ATM. If there's nothing in there, it's going to say non-sufficient funds. And you're going to hear testimonies like I'm getting ready to give you. And you're going to say, how come they do it and I can't get anything? Well, that's because you don't put in anything. And see, we're not paying a God tax. This is not a tax. This is, this is how you get into the benefit system. You don't have to go to, you don't have to tithe to go to heaven, but you do tithe to get heaven's benefits on earth in a greater measure. Amen. And so I want to show you a couple of verses of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Malachi 3, 10 and 11. I'm going to give you just a couple testimonies out of many I could give. He says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that's your local church that may be meat in my house. God wants spiritual food in here. You take care of the ministers, and then the ministers don't have to go work and, and be wore out. They've got time to give themselves to prayer, study the Word of God, and listen to Him for what is supposed to feed you. And then He says this right here, Prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts. Well, that Lord of hosts means the Lord of battles. God wants to fight your battles. There's a whole lot he can do for you if you don't tithe, but you're kind of in the mercy arena. But when you get into the tithing arena, that God is guaranteed out there on the front lines doing your fighting in a way that he can't do for people that don't that don't tithe. He says, prove me now here with, if I not open you the windows of heaven. And so for a window to have to open a window, that must mean the window must be closed. And the first reference in the Bible is for the windows have been opened the days of Noah. Back then, it never rained on the earth. And then it says that uh, God opened the windows of heaven and it poured out rain. 
Well, here in Malachi 3, he's talking, he's talking to farmers. So the open windows of heaven means rain for their crops, rain for their orchards. God said all open windows of heaven, and they knew exactly what that meant, rain. Well, to me, for us today, that's symbolic of the anointing. God says, I'll open the windows of heaven, I'll flood you with anointing. Everything you do will be anointed. My anointing will be on your life. He says, prove me if I won't do that. And then he says, and pour you out a blessing. Well, that's living in the blessing lifestyle, that there's not room left to receive it. And I like this. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Your devourer is not the United States government. It's not your boss. It's not your job. It's not your husband, wife. The devourer is the devil. Behind every tragedy and bad thing in your life, somewhere the devil's behind it. Jesus said, John 10, 10, he's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I've noticed, I just it just kind of caught my attention a couple weeks ago, man, time after time people come to the prayer line and they're facing impossible things. Or I'm seeing people talking to people facing impossible things. And I'll stop and say, well, you're a tither, aren't you? Don't you tithe? Yeah, Pastor, I tithe. We're tithers. I will stop. I said, you got to use your faith that it takes to tithe to use your faith to prove God. When God tells you something, he said, bring the tithe in, and then he told you something else. He said, don't just bring it in just like you're paying your taxes. When you bring your tithe in, you thank him for what he's doing, and then when the devourer tries to steal from you, you say, Lord, I'm going to prove you now. I'm going to prove you now, Lord. You said rebuke the devourer. And then you do what you know to do. You say, Satan, I bind you. Back off. You can't have my stuff. You can't have my family. You do your part. And then a big thing is you say, Lord, I'm proving you now. You said prove you. And so just today, just one day, I've got two family members that was in <clears throat> job things where they were set to lose a lot of money because of job things. And one of them from out east, one of them local. And so in one day, both of them, things broke loose. And I told them, I prayed with them, I said, wait a minute. I said, we've got to prove God in this thing now. We're going to prove him. And so I could, I, 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 I just really, I could believe what God did because I'm a believer. And so all it took, all it took out east, one phone call from the right person to the other right person, and immediately tens of thousands of dollars were released. And so I want to tell you now, if you're a person that tithes, crying is not going to get your answers. Sometimes you're hit, you have to cry, but then you better stop crying pretty quickly and say, okay, now it's time to go to war. If you go to war, it's not with people, it's with the enemy. He's defeated. You tell him, Satan, in the name of Jesus, back off. You're not stealing from my family. You're not stealing from me. And not just money things, but other things. But what I want to emphasize is God said, prove me. Say, somebody say, prove me. And so for this Christmas season, for whatever's going on, if you don't have enough Christmas money and you're a tither and you're living right, then you start telling the devil, keep your hands off our Christmas stuff, off our Christmas money, and we're going to prove you, Father. And then he'll get it to you however he wants to. He'll have somebody bless you. You'll have some unexpected things come up. That confession we make in a minute. Gifts and surprises, checks in the mail, all those things. Anyway, guys, prove him. Don't just cry, 
prove him. Don't just complain. Prove him. And you're going to see things change. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up. All right. Let's make our, let's make our financial faith confession. Bring them up to the altar here when we do. And we're going to ask for good worship. That Pastor Dave is going to do what the Word of God says. We're going to be meat in the house. That's a spiritual feed. Amen? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give justice to the kingdom of God, for both the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want, you can join us at the altar for worship tonight. And let's sing to the Lord together. If there's one thing I'm asking, one thing I'm needing, a moment that's passing is not what I'm seeking. Well, I can see every breathing. I want your presence. Feet on the earth, heart full of heaven's zeal for you. Completely consumes me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. You. Your presence, feet on the earth, a heart full of heaven, till for you completely consumes me. I can't get in, can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right through me. I can't get in, can't get enough of you. Every beat is yours. You 
raise our hands for a minute together tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. And we, we, we can declare that tonight, that you are the one our hearts adore. Lord, you are what we want. You are, of course, what we need. And Lord, I just pray that our hearts would, would turn more and more for you, Lord. They would burn more and more for you. And we thank you, Jesus, that we are drawing closer to you, even in this busy Christmas season with everything going on, Lord, we will make time to be with you and make you number one, Lord. We would hate to celebrate an event that's all about you and forget about you, Lord. I thank you that we love you and we ask that you would have your way in this service. Speak to us tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. All right. Well, why don't you give somebody a nice high five on your way to your seat there? Amen. No, don't get carried away as you normally do. Short and sweet. Give him a high five. There we go. All right. Let's see. The kids uh, can be dismissed. Any of the kids that are in uh, one of the classes here uh, that are in the sanctuary still, they can meet their teachers and the ushers back there, and they're going to walk them to their classes, and then we can get in to the Word of God together tonight. Who's excited for some Bible time together? Amen? Yeah, that's what it's all about, is the Word of God. And so uh, there's something I wanted to preach about tonight that it's just really one of my favorite Bible passages. Uh, it is absolutely key uh, to our growth and our success as Christians. And I talked to our marriage group about this the other night, and I just really felt like, hey, let's talk to everybody about this. This is really, really important uh, for you to grow as a Christian. And so the title tonight is this, it's how to make Jesus your foundation, how to make Jesus your foundation. And the truth is, is that nearly anybody that claims the title of Christian, we know this much. If we say, is Jesus your foundation? They'll say, oh yeah. And then, you know, upon further digging, you would realize that he is not the foundation. And anybody that you ask, is Jesus Lord of your life? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And then you're like, well, we'll find out what Jesus thoughts are on that matter. So open your Bibles tonight to Luke chapter six. Luke chapter 6, amen? And we're going to be looking at verses 46 through 49. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look here at verses 46 through 49. I really, really love this passage, and it's, I mean, it's one of my favorite to talk about, preach about, teach about. But this is, this, this is uh, a key that will unlock Maybe a lot of uh, questions or maybe even, you know, you've been wondering like, well, why is this not happening? Why is this not working? Well, uh, this could potentially unlock and answer some questions that you've had. So Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look here at verses 46 through 49. And so Jesus speaking says this. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Okay. And then verse 47, he says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm. Why? Because it's well built. 
But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Okay, and so those are the verses we're going to be dissecting and pulling apart tonight. But, you know, I asked somebody just recently, uh, somebody that's even been a, you know, a Christian for some time, if they'd ever heard this story and they had never heard this story. And, uh, and so that kind of surprised me, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to peel some layers back on this and see what the deal is. And so first of all, did you notice there in verse 46, Jesus asked what I feel is a completely reasonable question to ask. So he's talking to a group of people who call Jesus Lord. They say, yeah, Jesus is my Lord, but they don't ever actually do anything that he says to do. And so Jesus asked this question out of confusion. He says, why do you guys call me Lord, but you don't actually do anything I say to do? And, and I believe that's a fair question. I mean, if somebody's your Lord, don't you obey them? I know here, you know, in the United States, we don't call people Lord. Uh, I did find out recently that you can buy a plot of ground, like a one foot square of ground in Scotland. And in Scotland, if you're a landowner, technically you are called a Lord. And so I thought about investing over there and buying a one foot square. So people would have to call me, you know, Lord, Lord Dave, but, uh, Anyway, I guess that's kind of, yeah, the, the, the people didn't like that idea, so I, I canned it. But, um, but, but the truth is, if somebody is your Lord, you do what they say. And, and you know, that's like, we, we would maybe say boss, you know. I, I would feel uncomfortable if you're like, hey boss, how you doing boss? What's going on boss? And every time I just asked you to go do something, you never did it. After a while, I'd probably be like, okay, stop the boss business. You don't do anything I say. Just call me dude, call me hey guy, whatever. But I'm clearly, I'm not your boss. And so that's what Jesus was saying. He's like, I am not your Lord if you don't do what I say to do. And he didn't say this, but I would, you know, I would feel that he was insinuating like, please stop calling me Lord. I'm uncomfortable with this. You don't do anything I say to do. And would you say that even though this was 2000 years ago, that potentially there's even people in 2023 that say Jesus is Lord, but they don't ever actually do anything he says to do. Okay, I'll go first. I know people like that. And they say, yeah, oh yeah, he's my Lord. And I mean, they just don't do anything. They don't go to church. They don't love their neighbor as themselves. They don't read the Bible. They, and and so uh, clearly, Jesus is not Lord in that situation. And so we're going to, again, we're going to dig deep because that's what it said. It said to dig deep. So why is a foundation so important? Well, structurally speaking, if you're building a house, which I know little to nothing about, but I do know this much, uh, it's probably a really bad idea to drive down to the end of Soap Mine Road there, start throwing some sticks on the ground and, you know, uh, hoping nothing happens. That's all pure river sand down there. That's a terrible foundation. So if I were to build a house of some kind, I know this much, I would, uh, I would start digging and leveling the ground and pouring some concrete and make it as rock solid as possible because that house, that structure will only be as good as the foundation is. 
Amen. And then Jesus is talking about your life here. There's a lot of people that, that they focus on everything else other than the foundation. And so again, I think that our modern generation and society is extremely susceptible and guilty of this. They'll, we're so fake. We're so vain. We're so shallow that we'll take stupid pictures and selfies and put them on Instagram and on, you know, whatever, uh, just trying to paint this picture of a rosy life that doesn't exist. That doesn't impress me. What impresses me is somebody that takes the time to dig deep and lay some concrete and raise their kids in the house of God. That impresses me more than you taking a picture beside a jet, more than you taking a picture down at the beach like, bravo, great, you've got some shingles. Well, what else you got? You know, you got windows on that. That's nothing. That doesn't matter if there's no foundation to it all. And, you know, anybody ever played the game Jenga? Yeah, man, I hate that game. And so, but one of the things about that is this. Cindy Grow, my lady back there, she was our youth volunteer for all these years. She had this, she had gigantic Jenga blocks. They were like, I don't know, a good 10, 15 pounds a piece. Like you pulled the wrong block, someone was getting hurt. It was incredible. And and so, but but I know this much like you, you just pull some blocks off the top, nothing really happens, right? I mean, any you can sustain losing a little off the top. But when you go down to the foundation and pull just the right one, what happens? The whole thing collapses. And so why do people spend all their time in life focusing on things that are not foundational issues? Why do people not take any time to lay a foundation for their life? Well, I can tell you some reasons why. Um, would you like to hear them? Okay. So I would say one reason people don't lay the right foundation is because they're lazy. And laying a foundation is not an instant process. I'll tell you that right now. People would look at someone like my dad and be like, my gosh, man, I'd like to know Bible verses like that. I'd like to know God in that way. I'd like to be able to pray like that. Guess what? That did not happen after five minutes of thinking about it. That happened after 40 years of serving Jesus after he got delivered from alcohol and everything else, right? It took time. And so, so often we see somebody like, man, I wish I had that. Lucky. Well, there wasn't much luck involved. They got up every morning before the sun came up and opened their Bible. They stayed awake at night praying when nobody else wanted to. They came to church when they weren't in the mood. They came to church when it was windy outside. I mean, these are just some seriously. Don't think that you're just going to be this rock solid picture of incredibleness of a foundation and a Christian warrior. If you're not willing to do some of the things that Jesus said right here to do, it's not going to happen. Laying a foundation properly takes time. But here's the deal. It's really worth it in the end when a storm comes through and you still got your family. It's really worth it when, when, uh, I mean, when something bad happens and you're just fine. You're just standing strong through the storm while the wind and the rain and the snow are beaten down. You're just fine. And I always think about my wife's, uh, how she grew up in. We mentioned this the other night in our, uh, in our premarital class, but she grew up in this house out in the woods, out in the countryside of Indiana. And the original, it had been added on to, but the original part of the house was the living room. And it was built in the 1850s. 
That is very old. And, and so, uh, you know, and there's being on the West Coast, we don't have a lot of super old structures out here other than some of the Spanish missions. But, you know, you see, you see a building out here. Man, that thing is 75 years old. It is ancient. Then you go out to the East Coast and there's churches that are like 400 years old. So anyway, but her family home, this, this main, uh, living room area here, it's like 170 years old. And here's the thing. It's just fine. It's totally fine. It's in great shape and, and, and it's just right where it's always been for 170 years. But check it out. That area of Indiana, that area of the countryside, that that house, I'm telling you, it has not had an easy go at it. We have had countless tornadoes rip right through there. We have had blizzards. I mean, they still talk about this big blizzard in the 70s when there was like six feet of snow and, and it was, you know, it would be below zero for weeks at a time. And I remember one time, even in my life, it was 33 degrees below zero and I would have just loved to see zero. I mean, it would have been a beautiful sight and it was misery. This house has seen the heat of summer, floodwaters. It's seen every imaginable storm, you know, so a little bit of earthquakes and stuff, but the thing is still there. Why? Because some farmer 170 years ago thought, well, if we're going to do it, let's at least do it right. Let's dig really deep. Let's lay this foundation. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some work, but I believe this is the right way to do this thing. And now that house is still standing. And yet you see somebody that just threw some sort of house together in a track lot somewhere and didn't put any, you know, real effort into it. And, and, you know, the thing's breaking apart and falling down 10 years in. Why? They didn't do it right. And so you see some Christians, some people that, my man, they've been serving Jesus all these years. And they may not look all fancy. They may not be the loudest. They may not just be the, the big shot. But being the big shot and having a loud mouth, that quit impressing me a while back. What impresses me is people that can stick with Jesus and never let go. Their kids are following the Lord. Their grandkids are following the Lord. They've got the joy of the Lord. They are just, they're sticking with Jesus. That right there is the goal. Somebody, are you listening tonight? That's the goal right there. And so laying the foundation correctly takes time, but the payout at the end is well worth the time invested. It is well worth it. And so we're going to talk about three ways tonight, three ingredients, three steps of how to make Jesus the foundation of your life. And this isn't going to be rocket science. Jesus straight said them right there. So I'm just repeating him. But the first one is this. You got a number one, come to Jesus. Number one, you have to actually come to Jesus. And he told us right there in the story, this is how it is. Number one, it's in verse 47 of Luke 6. We just read it. Luke 6, verse 47. He said, I will show you what it's like when someone, number one, comes to me. And so if you're a Christian here tonight, if you're a Christian, you've already done this. How many in here, you've, you've came to Jesus? Amen. You came to Jesus. We've got that down. And, you know, you've come to a, a point in your life already where you've admitted that you aren't strong enough on your own 
and you need a savior. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You need help. You need a savior because there's no other way. Have you come to that place where you can admit that? And so that's coming to Jesus. You've accepted him as your savior. Now, this is obviously the number one most important thing a person can do. Okay, that's the number one most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Now, there's a lot of other great decisions you can do after that, but that is the number one most important decision anybody could make is to at least come to Jesus. Now, the first thing that comes to mind here when we say come to Jesus, I think our mind's like, okay, get saved, call on the name of the Lord. Yes, that is correct. But I also believe that come to Jesus isn't only referring to the brand new Christian. Because I've noticed a lot of times that there's those of us that have been Christians for a little while, maybe for years at this point, uh, we start to lose sight of coming to Jesus on some things. I'll explain. You know, at least maybe we don't come to him as our first option. Maybe you get some bad news. Maybe, you know, you're in a situation and... Your first step, your first reaction is, okay, what am I going to do here? I could call, you know, Uncle, you know, Jim for money. I could go over here and talk to them. I could maybe do this. I could, I could, I could, maybe I could. And then after a while, someone's like, wait, have you prayed about it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Has it come to that? I mean, is that where we're at right now? If you're in a situation, you get bad news, you're, you got a problem on your hands. If the very first thing you do is not pray, you are not coming to Jesus and yeah, we're borderline looking at, he may not be your foundation. And so it's real easy, again, to look at this point and say, okay, come to Jesus. Yeah, done that. I mean, I've been saved for 10 years now, so done. Okay, what, I mean, what else you got? Well, I believe it's a continual thing, right? I mean, come to Jesus, yes, receive salvation, get born again, but it doesn't stop there. You need to come to Jesus every single day, every day. Amen. You need to start your day with Jesus. Now, I get it. Some people aren't morning people. Uh, maybe your best quality time for reading the Bible would be at night. But I just don't see how I could get up and go to work without having talked to Jesus and at least read a verse. I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't get that. I, at least that maybe your main reading time would be at a different time of day. Okay, I get it. Some people are night people. I am not one of those. I mean, we're get quarter till eight. I may be asleep by the time this service is over. I have no idea. Okay. I'm not a night person, but I'm a morning person and my wife is a night person. Sometimes I wake up and the, and I open my eyes and like the whole bedroom has been rearranged. I'm like what happened? What, but is this a, what in the world? Is this a movie? And no, she just, you know, had a whim and just started going at it. And, the, and that's fine, but she'll read the Bible at night. She'll stay up and pray. And that's cool. But I'm just saying, you better be coming to Jesus every single day. And if he is not option one, I mean, what in the world are we doing here? Is he really the foundation? Look at this, Matthew chapter 11, Matthew 11, amen. Matthew chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, amen. 
We having a good time tonight, friends? Hey, I'm glad we came to church. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And I love something that Jesus said right here. This is a beautiful verse. You need to highlight it. So go ahead and get your highlighter out. Get your pen. Let's go. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me. Well, what are we talking about? Come to Jesus. That was point number one. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And so what did Jesus say? Hey, if you've got burdens, take them to somebody else, because I'm super busy this week. No, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And so we are, I mean, let's face it, we've all been in that spot, but check it out. What did Jesus say to do? He said, come to me. If Jesus is the foundation of your life, come to him, bring your burdens. And what does he do? He'll, he'll trade you out. He says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. That's really, really good news for us tonight. Let's go to number two, all right? And so if he's going to be our foundation, number one, come to Jesus. Number two, listen to his teaching. Listen to his teaching. And so again, you don't have to turn back there, but we, this is verse 47 of Luke 6. I will show what it's like when someone, number one, comes to me. Number two, listens to my teaching. And so the next step to making Jesus your foundation is to actually listen to him. Does anybody listen to Jesus? I mean, I wish everybody in this sanctuary was listening to Jesus tonight. <laughs> Some of you, some aren't, but listen, he said, number two, who, you come to me and you listen to me. And so how do you listen to Jesus? Thank you, Dave. Yes, Julie, you got that. All right. And so you listen to Jesus through his word. And so this includes reading the Bible on your own. Do we do that? We read the Bible on our own. Amen. And going to church and hearing the Bible preached. We're doing that. You're here tonight. You're hearing the Bible uh, being preached. And so these are very key things to laying your foundation. And, and one doesn't replace the other. You can't say, well, I go to church, so I don't need to read the Bible on my own. That's a bad game plan. That's not good. <laughs> That's like somebody that's like, yeah, I eat once a week. Every, every Seriously, every Sunday I eat. And then I, I mean, you know, I don't eat anymore after that. So Sunday's my eating day. Well, you're not going to be a very healthy and strong person if you only eat one time a week. You got to eat daily. In fact, Jesus put it this way. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, right? Not give us this week our weekly bread. You know, amen. We'll get some more next week. No, our daily bread. And so going to church does not replace reading the Bible on your own. And reading the Bible on your own does not replace going to church. I heard somebody was in an argument and, uh, and, and they put it this way. They said, simply the fact of you saying, I don't need to go to church because I study the Bible on my own 
proves the fact that you don't actually study the Bible on your own. <laughs> because the Bible says to go to church. And so, you know, that's, I think that was a pretty fair argument right there. But I want you to see something tonight in Romans 10 and verse 17. If you've been here at this church for a while, you know this verse. But, you know, not everybody knows this one so well. So Romans 10 and verse 17. Romans 10 and verse 17. Amen. Romans 10 and verse 17. And another great quote I heard is this. Don't say God has been silent when your Bible has been shut. God don't ever talk to me. Well, he would talk to you gladly every day if you would just open up his letter. Amen. And so Romans 10 and verse 17. And it says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing what? By the word of God. Faith comes when we hear the word of God. And so uh, does faith come by us praying? No. Does faith come, uh, you know, just by hoping you would have more faith? Does faith come by listening to awesome Christian radio stations and, and you know, and those are all great things. You should do every single one of those. But faith comes when you hear the word of God. And so if you're going to go forward in life at all in any way, you've got to be a consistent hearer of the word of God. I want you to see something here in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Amen. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 38 through 42. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Amen. Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. And here's a story, because who in here would say you have a reasonably de- uh, decently busy life? Amen. Yes, you do. You have a busy life. You have children. They, you know, they, uh, okay, you have grandchildren. You run a business. Uh, you own a restaurant. I don't know. <laughs> you have a busy life. And so the easy thing to do would be to say, uh, yeah, I'm busy, man. I, I just, I, 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 I get it. It's a good thing to hear the word of God, but I personally don't have time. So Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Great story here. And, and, and this is a story of Jesus with Mary and Martha. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. So what do you think Jesus did? (laughs) But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, what a good way to start the conversation. My dear Martha, there, there, you're overreacting. Just calm down. Here's a tip for all you husbands. Women love it when you say that. They love that. They can't get enough of that. When you say, calm down, you're overreacting. Am I right, ladies? Okay, you're, no, no, you're all giving me the death stare. Okay, my bad. So anyway, but this is Jesus, so he can do whatever he wants to do. So Jesus says, Martha, 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 you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And so in this story, Jesus wasn't mad at Mary at all. 
And, and so it would logically, you could say, well, it's kind of unfair that one sister's doing all the work while the other one uh, just sits there and listens to preaching. <laughs> My gosh, how, you know, good Lord, you know, give it a break, man. And so I would say, who thinks that cleaning your house is a good thing? It's not a trick question. The correct answer is yes. Okay. Uh, well, when you are having company come over, who thinks it is a good thing to clean the house and prepare a meal for them? That's a very wonderful thing to do. Who thinks if Jesus Christ is coming over, your house should be in just a wonderful shape? Newsflash, he sees your house every day. But anyway, that's beside the point. (laughs) But those are all good things. But if Jesus is in the house, the best thing is to sit at his feet and hang on every word he says. And sometimes we get caught up and distracted on good things, but not the best thing. And so that's what happened right here. She was doing reasonably good things, but they certainly were not the best thing. And so if you're like, man, I just don't ever have time for the Bible because I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this. Well, all I can say is there is a biblical principle. Hear me out on this because we always talk about money when we use this verse, but this applies to every area. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Do you realize that if you would just give Jesus some of your time, he would bless the remaining time that you have and see to it that you had enough time for other things? I'm telling you, it is not only about money. If you would just give Jesus some time and and make him a priority, he would bless the remaining time that you have and see to it that you have enough time. That's an incredible concept. And so if you don't have enough anyway, I mean, you're already losing. Why don't you just throw throw some more to Jesus, right? What's the worst that could happen? And I will promise you this. Any time that I have given Jesus some of my day, I have never regretted it. Never. He's always seen to it that it was a worthwhile investment. That's a challenge to you if you want Jesus to be your foundation. And then the third thing tonight is this. Here's where so many people go wrong. And where I've gone wrong is I've only left myself five minutes to make this point. So pray for me. But this is the most important thing that I'm going to talk about tonight. And it's this. Follow his teaching. In other words, do what he says. Do what he says. Verse 47, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and number three, then follows it. And so in the story that we looked at to open up with here, we saw two guys. They had a lot in common. Both of them decided to build a house. Okay. They've got that in common. Both of them came to Jesus. Both of them even listened to his teaching, but only one of them obeyed his teaching. And that was the guy that still had a house after the storm. And so I see it all the time. There's a ton of people that come to Jesus and listen to his teaching, but they don't actually do his teaching. We have a name for that. Do you know what it is? Deception. Deception. I, this is going to just throw that on the screen. Like James 1, 22. What's it say? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Or else you're deceiving yourself. Why is it such a dangerous thing to 
only listen to the Bible but never do it? Well, there's a lot of reasons why that's dangerous. Um, for one, you've got some, you, you think you're stronger than you really are. Uh, uh, you're probably, well, you're guaranteed going to be a hypocrite. Because people are going to say, hey, man, don't you know the Bible says that? Man, I've been studying the Bible since using diapers. Of course I know that. Then why don't you do it? I would rather have somebody in my life that knows one Bible verse and actually obeys it than somebody that's memorized the whole, the entire Bible, but doesn't do anything at all that it says. That is a dangerous person, a deceived person, according to the word of God. And so, yes, you need to come to Jesus. Of course, number two, you've got to listen to Jesus. Oh, yeah. But the third step is the difference maker. Those that actually do what the Bible says are those that have officially made Jesus their foundation. And here's where you separate the men from the boys, the the women from the little girls. Here's where you get raw and real with it. Because there are some scriptures that you've got to obey that you do not want to obey. Not every single one of them is fun. I like the ones that say, have the joy of the Lord. It is your strength. I'm like, I can do that. Amen. Let's go. Woo. I like the parts that say, beloved, I wish above all else that you would prosper. Like, yes, he wants me to prosper. I'm all over that. Then I, I mean, there's a verse this past week that's telling me as a pastor to do something that I, ah, I'm going to obey it, but it's not because I'm just so excited to obey it. It's going to be one of the hardest things I've ever done as a pastor, but I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys to obey God's word and then me not obey God's word. There are parts that are difficult, but here's where we find out if Jesus is your Lord or not. Here's where we find out if he's actually your Lord is when you actually do what he says when you don't want to. Why? That's called submission. You know what submission is? So submission, uh, break the word down. Sub. What does sub mean? It goes, you go, a submarine. What does a submarine do? It is a marine vessel that subs. It goes beneath the surface. Submission. I've got a mission I'm on. Jesus has got a mission he's on. And when we come to a point of contention and one of us is going to have to give, guess what? I'm going to have to, okay, Jesus, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm going to sub and my mission is going to go beneath his mission. Sometimes it's hard, right? There's going to be things that the Bible tells you to do that are not necessarily what you want to do. Like, well, yeah, but I don't agree with that part. Doesn't matter. What happens if you uh, get a traffic ticket and you go to court and and you're like and, and you're like okay yes I read the driver's book yes I know it does say that a stop sign is an octagon it's red and it and it says stop yes I did see it at that intersection no I didn't obey it because I don't agree with that part what's the judge gonna do like. Wow. <laughs> He's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. It doesn't change the law. And it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. You're not going to change God's law. Not going to happen. People have tried for thousands of years. And even if you feel like you skate by with it here on this earth, you will stand before God someday. And I will just guarantee you right now that defying, openly defying his laws and his way 
You may somehow get by with it down here, but you'll have to answer to him someday in heaven, right? And, uh, and, and you're not going to just get by with it that way. Justice will be served. He is a God of justice. And so all that is to bring it in. You know, I, I just want to tell you this, all right? If Jesus is going to be your foundation, this is not a very quick process. This does take time. It takes time to dig deep. And some of you, you've just recently come to the Lord. You've started the process. Some of you have been in this for a year, a couple years, whatever the case is. You've come back to the Lord. Maybe after you were kind of astray for a little bit, praise God. And you're like, well, man, I just thought all this would be fixed right now. And I just wish that I was, listen, hey, don't despise this season of life. Don't despise this. This is a beautiful time of your life because if nothing else, you are digging deep and you're pouring concrete right now. And you're, you're looking forward to the part where you've got a two story house with shutters and a, and a beautiful roof and a chimney and all this fun stuff. And that'll come. That'll, okay. All right. But seriously, you don't want all that if you've got a bad foundation because you'll lose it anyway. And so don't despise this moment and this season of life if nothing else just keep reading the bible just keep coming to church just keep praying and guess what if nothing else at all you're laying your foundation right now for when you do get that beautiful great life that you're dreaming of for when you do get that big house that you've been thinking about you'll be able to keep it and you won't lose it because storms come to everybody. We saw that in the, the first story there. Storms come to everybody. It's just some people know how to handle them and others don't. Some people, the exact same storm will level one house and the other house is just fine 170 years later. Why? Because it was done right. And so for your life tonight, we're not promising you that if you'll come to Jesus, listen to his teaching and obey what he says, that you've got an easy street now. You'll never have an issue ever again. It's perfect, perfect bliss for the next hundred years. No, things will still happen, but they won't crush you. You'll be standing strong. You'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you're going to have a beautiful life, a beautiful house that you can help other people with. And it's going to be an absolutely incredible thing. And so we've got to be doers of the word. Put this verse. I didn't tell you this verse, write it down or whatever, because it's worth, you got to know this verse, John 14, 15. John 14, 15, this is just for reference sake at this point because I'm out of time, but Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And so someone says that they love Jesus, but they don't obey his commandments. They don't actually love Jesus. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. So don't get mad at me. I'm just repeating the man. Listen. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so somebody that says, yeah, I love Jesus, but, you know, I, I, I beat people up. I steal. <laughs> I lie. I live in sin, but I love Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I do love him. Again, Jesus would have to say, I'm going to call your bluff on that one. <laughs> no, you don't. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Amen. And so that's how you make Jesus the foundation of your life. Number one. Come to him. Number two, listen to his teachings, the word of God. And number three, do what 
he says. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close that out there right, right there tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I know that that's not, uh, that's not rocket science. And sometimes people are like, man, it's that simple. It, yeah. I mean, in, in, in hearing it, it's that simple in doing it. It takes some time, but praise God. We've got some good people that are committed to Jesus tonight. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Josh is going to lead us in some worship this evening, um, but we're going to go ahead and offer some prayer together tonight. Uh, if you're here and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to be in agreement with you. We'd love to see the Lord work in your life. And so I'm going to have my dad and our prayer team come on up tonight. And if you're here and you need prayer, come on up. We want to be in agreement with you this evening. And if not, you just spend a few more minutes there and worship the Lord and, uh, and, and pray for those that do need prayer. Amen. Let's go. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, the cornerstone, the weak made strong, and the Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, the Lord of Alone, 
I fall this stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love and through the storm. He is Lord and Lord of all. Christ alone, the cornerstone, a weak made strong, and in the Savior's love, and through the storm. He is Lord, the Lord of all. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and, and wind things down here tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Did anybody receive from the Word of God tonight? Amen. So uh, remember, we need a few guys that, if you could, help the ushers out. They're going to be bringing some tables and chairs over for the big service on Sunday. And I want to remind you that Friday night, be here. Free Christmas concert with Laura Cook. And you guys are going to love it. It's going to be just a beautiful time uh, for you to enjoy uh, the Christmas season and uh, some good Christmas worship music. It's going to be great, all right? Invite somebody for Sunday. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. And then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight, Lord. And we know your word is true. And we want you to be the foundation, Jesus. Uh, we know the way to do it now because you told us right there to come to you, to listen to your teaching, and then to obey your teaching. If we will do this, God, we are making you the foundation of our life. And no matter what storm comes our way, we will still be standing strong. Thank you for it. Lord, I pray that this weekend will be great here at High Desert Word Center, that we're going to reach people with the gospel through the Christmas concert Friday and the Christmas service on Sunday. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's do our Barstow Faith Confession, and then you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you Friday night.